0: Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management
1: on WTMJ. No, the difference, Team Tech Trust. Welcome, everybody. It is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, Saturday, April 6th, and not a bad day, a very busy weekend. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here. Derek Felsky. let's get going with that weekend review.
2: Yeah, a lot to cover. Busy weekend after a busy week. And of course, Derek, the markets were very good to us again this week. This is seven sessions in a row where we saw green numbers up in the market. What's going on with the markets this week that people should be thinking about?
3: Well, I think there were a couple of things. First of all, there was talk of a a near-term resolution of this China-U.S. Uh, trade deal. Uh, there still has not been a summit scheduled, but, but all signs continue to point that both sides are interested in making a deal, and that certainly has helped to alleviate some un- uncertainty on the part of investors. When
2: you think about that, it's kind of turned into the when question as opposed to the if question. It looks like a deal is imminent right now. Do you think a lot of that's baked into the market already, or do you think there's the opportunity for a quote-unquote good
3: deal to move the markets forward? I think the way I, I'm looking at it is all of this uncertainty has caused companies to hold back on spending on CapEx, perhaps on hiring people, particularly overseas. And to the degree that we do get some resolution, I think a lot of this downtrend in earnings estimates that we've seen in the S&P 500 since the fourth quarter may be reversed to some degree, because right now we're looking for minus 3% on year-over-year basis for earnings growth. Right, in the first quarter.
2: bet. Turn your attention to jobs a little bit. Big number on Friday, 196,000 jobs added in the U.S. That was after a really bad February when we had only 33,000 jobs added. So January, February, March altogether not bad moving
3: forward in terms of jobs. Yeah and again this is this again highlights the danger of trading on headlines we had one bad number it was not a trend in fact the growth rate of jobs in the fourth quarter was 1.7 percent and in the first quarter was 1.7 percent so we remain on trend a strong labor market uh, wage growth not out of control up 3.1 percent on an annualized basis so in essence, you could call this a Goldilocks employment report. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that because the
2: wage inflation I think is an important aspect of this the number of jobs one thing. But you look at Goldilocks, the right in the middle, the just right, not too hot, not too cold. When you start thinking about wage growth at 3.2%, that's a healthy number you know, this is the first time for a while we've been above 3%, but it's not a runaway number where you start to think that the Fed's going to step in because they think that wage growth has gotten inflationary. That's right.
3: Yes, so so historically, typically, when you got wage growth above 4%, that's when the Fed has become uh, pretty aggressive. The one thing that did happen, though, as a result of this employment report is the odds of a rate cut in 2019 and 2020 did go down dramatically because it's really hard for the Fed to justify cutting rates when you've got a a wage growth of north of 3% and probably a GDP number in the twos.
2: But then you get back to your concept of uncertainty. If you start thinking about neither a rate increase or a rate cut, that uncertainty that comes out of what the Fed might do to upset the markets kind of goes away as well.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, also we had a couple of weeks ago, we we're focused on the inversion of the yield curve. And one of the things that, that may occur in the coming months, at least this is what I expect to occur, is if we do get a trade deal and economic growth picks up, not just in the United States, but also globally, you'll see the long end of that yield curve start to move higher, which will basically dampen the, or lessen the chances of inversion, primarily because the Fed is, staying, is standing pat on the short end.
2: And that stays important because, of course, we're staying away from a recession in that case. A couple of real quick points, your Brexit. Any thoughts on Brexit, this week it's a mess <laughs> well that's to the point for sure and lastly volatility when I when we woke up Friday morning and that jobs number came out we saw the vix just drop I mean volatility coming out of the markets that's an important thing for investors too because it means some of that fear has come out of the markets and that can keep stability in place as we move into next
4: week
3: yes but I like th- I think you know when you see the vix under 13 you've really got to wonder how complacent investors have become so obviously given this rally this sharp move from Christmas Eve again And I would suggest people rebalance their portfolios, take a look at what their equity allocation is, and and trim positions they don't have as much conviction in.
1: Thank you, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management. We're on a break at uh, 1013 at WTMJ. If you're looking for that free portfolio analysis, a real in-depth x-ray, call it an MRI. of of your portfolio, that is complimentary, and you can start that at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button. We'll ask for your contact information, uh, just a little bit. It's non-intrusive. We're not going to bug you, but it's absolutely free, and it's a great idea. You can start at AnnexWealth.com. Offices in Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton. We're downtown at the Pfister, and, of course, Annex everywhere. Still to come, we're going to talk about 401K rollovers. We have Ask Annex. It's a tax edition. And then Deanne Phillips here on Women's Guide to the Unexpected which is our next workshop with Annex Wealth Management.
0: Money tips that don't cost a thing.
1: This is Money
0: Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ.
1: Know the difference? It's team Tech. Trust, this is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Here we are, Saturday, April 6th, the good day this weekend. Annexwealth.com is our website. Get that free portfolio analysis. Sign up for the free annuity analysis and also Axiom, which is our weekly newsletter. Here we are sitting April 6th. Are we we missing Q1 at all? In fact, we are because it was the best
5: quarter that we've had since 1988. It was a fantastic quarter. And really, you think about what drove that and where we were with the fourth quarter, which was obviously a nasty fourth quarter. probably the worst fourth quarter that I recall in my 30-plus years in the business. And so I go and I look and say, what was the concerns that were happening in the fourth quarter? Did they get uh, mitigated in any way? And the first and foremost is you remember that the government was shut down, not that it had a big deal to do with economic news. The more important news, what that was coming out of Washington, D.C., was what the Federal Reserve was doing, and the fact that Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve said that he hasn't even begun to normalize interest rates. And when he said that, from that point forward through the rest of the quarter, the market tumbled. Then there was the pivot, Mark, which happened later in the year.
2: It's always amazing that when you get a new Fed chairperson, that, that it takes them some time to realize that words matter. And when they say things, the world listens because the nuances, the, the the words, the very words that come out of those Fed statements are analyzed by people to try to figure out what the Fed's going to do next. And when we start talking about the Fed pivot, it really is the Fed may be changing their position on what they expect is going to happen to Fed rates over 2019, 2020. What we were looking at in the fall of 2018 was the potential for four rate hikes in 2019 and then more in 2020. The pivot is... Now, Dave, there may be no rate hikes in 2019.
5: And, you know, the listeners of the show over the last uh, 15 years or so, where we call, you know, I've looked at the Fed and said, you know, they are in a tight spot. And when we talked about this late last year, I said, I know that the market is calling for four rate hikes, Derek, but I doubt that that's going to happen. In fact, that is completely off the table at this point. And in fact, Larry Kudlow is asking for a 50 basis point reduction at this point.
3: Really amazing the way the pendulum shifts from fear to greed and, and back and forth. It's one of the reasons we focus on that oscillator so much. And right now, we've gone from 2 to, to 70 on the fear and greed index. So clearly, a lot of the short term downward pressures have been alleviated with a very, very strong rally. But when I think about the Fed, I think, you know, they've always been data dependent. And that was one of the things about December that really sort of surprised and, and in some ways unnerved me because it seemed to me the market was seeing things that Powell said and not really paying any attention to the context in which he said it. Now, maybe this is headline driven algorithms or, and whatnot, but it certainly gave us an opportunity to you know, rebalance our portfolios in a favorable way and benefit from the rally we've seen so far in, in 2019. We have actually dialed down our equity risk a little bit recently, and that's primarily because the valuations which were so attractive on Christmas Eve just aren't as attractive currently, because while stocks have rallied, earnings estimates have come down, so the market multiple has gone up rather considerably. But
5: the, the inverse happened last year, and people should understand that, where we had earnings growth in the 20% range throughout the year, yet the market was down 6%. Now we're seeing a reversal of that story, and I think that that bears attention.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, no one ever said this is easy, and being a portfolio manager can be really stressful, because many times things happen that, that don't seem to make any sense in the short run, and that's why you know one of the nice things about our operation here is we have an investment committee, we've lots, got lots of seasoned professionals who have been through many market cycles, it's, you sometimes need agreement and, and just another set of eyes to understand what's really driving stocks and driving uh, the financial markets generally.
1: So we're talking about words matter. Who was it that said, what was it, a rational exuberance? Who was that? When? Uh, what did that trigger?
5: Well, it was, it was Alan Greenspan, who was a federal chairperson and had been in that job for a long time. And it's not only words that would matter with him, and that was a famous phrase that he said, but they used to look at indicators like the size
2: and the thickness of his brief <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Well, for sure. And whether it was handcuffed to his wrist or not, because, you know, they figured the more that was in that briefcase, the more there was to Fed policy. So those are a couple of things. You know, you had earnings, of course, and you had the Fed. A couple of other things, Derek, maybe just to comment on when you think about the first quarter, trade was another one of those things. You know, at the end of 2018, of course, we were really worried about what was happening with the tariffs. And you heard tariff talk all the time between the U.S. and China and Mexico and Canada and Europe. That's kind of dissipated itself a little bit, too. And maybe it's not a matter of if anymore, but a matter of when.
3: Right. I think if you want to be bullish about the second half of the year, you would obviously like to see a, a trade deal get done in, in fairly short order, because I think once you do get a trade deal done, a lot of these analyst estimates that have been ratcheted lower will probably start to be revised higher because companies will have greater certainty about the future, greater certainty about their supply chains and the like, and perhaps invest in areas that they've been holding back. You know, one other thing I would wanted to mention, too, though, is there was a Dalbar survey uh, that came out a couple. A couple of weeks ago, and the Dalbar survey looks at the performance of individual investors in the mutual fund industry when they invested, when they put money into funds, when they took money out, and the average investor last year lost nine percent in a year when the S and P 500 was only down four and a half. So basically, individual investors did twice as badly, and that's one of the reasons why at Annex we believe in a balanced portfolio, rebalancing, and things of that nature.
1: It's Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management. Time for a break. We'll be back. What do you do with an old 401? We'll handle that next on Money Talk on WTMJ 1022.
0: From simple investments to stock advice, back to Money Talk with James Spano
1: and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust with Annex Wealth Management, one of the bedrocks of a solid retirement plan. Good 401k. For employees, they're great. For employers, having a solid plan is key to attracting and retaining great employees. Like this guy, Tom Parks, a busy man at Annex Wealth Management. He's Director of Retirement Plan Services here. Welcome back. Hello, hello, thanks for having me. Hey, tell us what Annex Wealth Management does for companies and their 401Ks.
4: Yeah, so when it comes to companies, our team is responsible for working with employers to set up and maintain kind of on an ongoing basis a good 401K plan or retirement plan. And then we also work with their employees to help take advantage of that plan and so that everyone can make the most of it. Make good bennies. Like you said, it's a great benefit to help attract and retain people. So that's something that we really focus on with our clients. Let's talk
1: about one of the basics of 401ks, and that would be leaving it behind when you take a new job. So why do we recommend that, Tom?
4: Well, if you think about it, you left your employer for some reason. Either you decided you wanted to go to a different place, or maybe they decided they wanted you to go to a different place. (laughs) Either way, it's, you know, once you've left, why would you leave your money behind, basically, is the idea, especially when you have as many options as you do to do something with that money. And sometimes people get booted, right, if it's under $5,000? Right. So that's the other thing is you might not have an option, depending on how the plan is set up. If you have $5,000 or more, regardless of how your plan is set up, you can leave the money there. That's just a legal thing. But between one and five thousand, there's some wiggle room depending on how your plan is set up. Under a thousand, they are usually going to send you a check if you don't do something with that money.
1: And I think I told you my neighbor has a four hundred one k from three jobs ago. You you need to talk to her.
4: I'm telling you, this is it's amazing how often when working with the retirement plans that we do, how many of the employers our clients say, oh, we've got these six people who've had, they've left years and years ago, and they still have money in the plan. It always makes me wonder, like, what are those people, do they, do I they forget? I know, <laughs> you know, I know. And and she said, I don't even know what I'm invested in. And that's a,
1: that's going to cost her.
4: Yeah, for sure. you It's your money. You should know what you're doing with it. Do people go 401k to 401k, or do they roll a 401k into an IRA? Good question. So there's a variety of options that you have. Um, real quickly, you've got the option, once you separate from service, that's a, called a distributable event so you can actually take a withdrawal we don't usually recommend that one you can roll it into an ira you can roll it into your new employer's 401k provided their plan allows for it or like we were saying if it's five thousand dollars or more you can leave it in your current employer's plan there are there is a variety of options which one is the best one for you just kind of depends on your situation so how much is the rollover And, you know, how far are you from retirement? Those are things that the rest of our team obviously works with people on a daily basis to help kind of figure that stuff out. Say they're going to roll their 401k into their new employer's plan. It's probably not a match
1: with the old employer's plan. So how do you figure out where to put it?
4: Right. So are the investment options in the new plan same as the one in the old plan? Almost certainly not, right? So trying to figure that out is going to be an important thing. What Understanding what are the fees, what are the repercussions of moving it um, into that new plan? usually if you have a smaller balance you know if you do have that two or three or you know, even up to ten thousand dollar balance a lot of times it does make sense to just roll it into your new employer's plan just because of the economies of scale uh, with a, an account that size establishing an ira if you're not going to continue to contribute to it it might just make more sense to do the 401k but those are all things that hopefully when you go to the new place there is an advisory team that can help you decide okay hey you're bringing this money in they should be helping you with the 401k that you're contributing they would do the same thing with the with the rollover.
1: Steps are pretty easy. I mean, a year ago, I rolled my old one into this one. It was simple. It, probably that simple for everybody.
4: Yeah, technology's made it much easier. Every every place is different. I always remind people when you're doing a rollover, it's a two part transaction. You've got to get the money out of the place where it is currently and then you need to get it into the new place. And so that, depending on which which institution you're coming from and going to, the process is not always the same, but it is usually pretty straightforward and simple.
1: And if you're getting it out, that is a distribution. The clock is ticking. You've you got to put it
4: somewhere, otherwise
1: it's a taxable.
4: Oh, event. yeah. Once they send you the check, if you come into possession of a check, then you've got to get rolling because you've got 60 days and you've got to get that thing somewhere, otherwise. Like you said, it no longer uh, constitutes a rollover. This has now become a distribution, and that comes with all sorts of fun tax ramifications. Okay, resist the urge to go woohoo! Yeah, right? yeah, because you know what? You'll go woohoo now, and then you'll get your uh, tax forms next year, and you'll be saying something quite different. <laughs> That's right.
1: Is there such a thing as the right number of fun choices? I know that you help set up set this up with companies. Are there too many? Is that is that create confusion?
4: Right. So the answer to your first question is no, there isn't a a specific answer to the right number, but there is absolutely yes. You can have too many. That's where I think it's really important. It depends on the situation. So we obviously deal with lots of companies at Annex. We have lots of 401k clients and not all of them have the exact same number of investment options in their plans. You know, each plan is different. So you need to take each situation into consideration. However, there have been a lot of studies that show the more you put in just the paralysis by analysis it actually decreases participation. So it's important to strike a balance there.
1: So Annex can help. Tom and his team can help. Remember, benefits are key to hiring and retaining great employees, and there is a shootout for talent right now. Tom, you and the team ready to talk to CFOs or HR professionals or company owners, right?
4: Absolutely. We deal with all those people on a daily basis. Every company is different. Like we said, you know, some people wear, we all wear a variety of hats, right? Sometimes it's uh, the CFO, sometimes it's the president, whoever it is who's in charge of the retirement plan. They just want to make sure that they're paying close attention and that they have someone who knows what they're talking about helping them in their corner.
1: My dad used to call that the chief cook and bottle washer, right? Yeah, absolutely. We deal with
4: a lot of those. You know, that's the the American way. you got small businesses. People love to roll up their sleeves and do a lot of the work. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and
0: Mark Oswald on WTMJ.
1: Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust with Annex Wealth Management. It's time for Ask Annex. If you want to send us a question, we are wide open and ready. Just head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Ask Annex button right at the top. It is a tax edition of Ask Annex. Joining us is Mandy Nowashinsky, tax planner at Annex Wealth Management. How is your stress level?
6: We're getting there. Not many days left, so only a couple of returns left to go.
2: Mark, you've seen her operate for a couple of years. She handled the pressure pretty well? Well, well for sure. And it's been really neat because when you think about the coordination of all the things that we do from estate planning to tax planning. And last year we added this service of tax Mm -hmm. preparation because it just makes sense from the standpoint of our clients to be able to have someone who's involved in the tax planning to also do the tax preparation. So yeah, Mandy's been a little busy between February 1st and April 15th.
1: Ready? Ready. Let's get to it. April 15th is the deadline for IRA Roth contributions. Is that a decent last minute tryst? Is that a decent last minute strategy? So somebody owes. does that reduce the amount owed?
6: Depending on their income level, yes. Adding money to a traditional IRA could reduce your tax balance, but you gotta be careful. Because if you've already filed and you're now looking to add to the traditional IRA for last year, you cancel, you have to add, before you hit that submit button or plan to add.
1: Same thing with HSA contributions that work the same way.
6: They do, yes. Yeah. So you have up until April fifteenth to maximize your HSA contributions. Um, that's something you can do out of pocket. So just adding money to that bank account that you have—that's an HSA account. Hey,
2: you but, know, I'm a little surprised by that answer to that first question because somebody could theoretically make a 2018 contribution now, even though they've already filed, and then file 1040X, right?
6: Correct. They could amend their return, but that's just—it goes the, through a
2: lot of work. To be able a lot to of work. It, but yes. you, you could do it.
6: You could do it. It is feasible.
1: I will open up the software. Sometimes it says, "Do you want to amend it?" It's like, like, no,
2: <laughs> once was good enough for
4: me, once thank was you good very enough. much.
2: Right.
1: Uh, back to the HSAs though, isn't it better for it to come out of your paycheck, right? Wouldn't that reduce your taxable income?
6: Right. So the difference between doing it from your paycheck and doing it just out of your pocket, so if you have cash in your bank and you're just adding it to this HSA account, is if you do it through your paycheck, you also save on FICA taxes, which are employment taxes. So that's a better way to give. Now not all employers have a mechanism through which you can give through payroll.
1: Okay. It is Ask Annex. Uh, here's our next one. Is there a penalty if I file an extension? There and the way is, you phrased wait, that you, question, you took a no. Breath. <laughs>
6: but an extension to file is not an extension to pay. So if you want to get more time to file your taxes, but you think you're going to owe, you still have to make that payment by April 15th. You still have more time then to kind of fine tune the numbers and make sure they're in the right place, but you don't get more time to make any payments. You got to pay that by April
2: 15th. And the general rule is to pay 90% of what the taxes that you owe, or at least as much as you paid last year. Is that the rule?
6: That's if you want to avoid underpayment interest. Now we're talking about an extension, which is kind of how do we avoid penalties? And that's making sure you pay in a hundred percent of what you think you're going to owe.
1: Our next one, from a planning standpoint, making quarterly payments, does that make a difference or is there an advantage to paying the full amount?
6: A lot of people have the option, especially those going into retirement. Um, how are you going to make those payments? You either can do it through withholding, which is through, let's say, a traditional W-2 or if you're in retirement IRA distributions, or you make quarterly payments. Now if you're making quarterly payments, yes, you can pay the all four at once in April but you cannot wait until the end of the year and kind of true it up.
2: So the system is a pay-as-you-go system. You're expected to pay your taxes as you make those earnings, so you can't just in December make the whole year's worth of payments. It doesn't work that way.
1: Okay, here's the big one, and I've been saving this one. What creates red flags for the IRS which raise the possibility of an audit?
6: There's, depending on everybody's situation, obviously it's a little different for a person who gives to charity, Charitable donations are audited quite frequently, especially if you're giving something that is not cash. So stock, artwork, property, all of those sort of things kind of create red flags with the IRS. If you're a self-employed business person meals and entertainment that is a big one for self-employment people gotta make sure you got all your documentation together
2: so when we give a lot of stuff away you know when we we finally you know took the kids stuff and and gave it away to goodwill how do I make that determination of you know what is a pair of jeans worth or what's a blazer worth or something like that there's a there's some tools out there that that can help people do that
6: absolutely so when I see a lot is TurboTax actually has a way which you can get the value, um, goodwill, or you know right. Saint Vincent de Paul will actually have a listing on their website of what they think, depending on the condition. So you have to say is it good, fair and then you can apply it a fair market value.
2: So we had a change in the tax law last year on the standard deduction. And you think about charitable contributions and people tracking how much they gave away and all those kinds of things. In your experience this year in doing taxes, have you seen a lot of people changing from the itemized deduction to the standard deduction or has it stayed pretty much the same?
6: More people are without a doubt taking the standard deduction this year. Um, They're just not getting to that threshold where they're exceeding this larger standard deduction this year. So It paves way for new planning opportunities.
2: And then you don't have to do all that tracking either.
6: And that, again, it depends. Um, If you have a higher income earner for the state of Wisconsin, you still might itemize. So it still might make a benefit for some people.
1: Mandy Nowashinsky, you do a lot more than taxes. You are really a resource for our clients for year-round tax planning, and that's bigger and bigger, and you're part of the difference. One last question. Have you done your taxes yet?
6: (laughs) No. (laughs) I'll be the last one, but they'll get there.
1: How long does it take? You, a pro like you?
6: My, mine will, I, I don't keep good records, so it's tracking down where did I put all those paper throughout the year, so a good hour or so. <laughs>
1: I don't know what she'd do. She'd do a mic
2: drop or just a pen drop, but I can I can picture her doing that, Mark. Well, I hope so. When we get to the end of the year, she'll take some much-needed time off for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mandy Nowashinsky, tax planner at Annex Wealth Management. Mark Oswald, thank you as well. Thanks for joining us, Mandy. Thank you. All right. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Yeah, here we go. April 6th, 15th is coming up quick. She is one of the team members here at Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com is the website for portfolio analysis. We're at Elm Grove, Mequon, Lake Country, Appleton, downtown at the Fister, and Annex everywhere. 1041 at WTMJ.
0: Don't settle for less. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ.
1: Know the difference. It's team tech trust education, important at Annex Wealth Management for clients and the general public. And we've got team members who specialize in it. Joining us on the show, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, Annex Wealth Management, a CFP and a CDFA. Let me see if I can remember. Certified Divorce Financial Analyst.
7: You got it, Dan. All
1: right. Welcome back.
7: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
1: Besides our very popular destination, Retirement, are we there yet? We have an upcoming workshop that is A, free to attend, and B, important. So, what's coming up? What we got going.
7: we are going to be giving a women's guide to preparing for the unexpected for any woman out there who is concerned about any future transitions good or bad transitions We're going to talk about the resources that you should consider to be prepared for your future. And we're going to look at past instances of successful navigation through those transitions. By transitions, I'm talking about not just death, divorce, and disability, but you know, 80% of our female listeners out there will have to navigate their finances, their investments, everything. On their own at some point in their lives
1: why are you looking right at me when you say that because it's probably true right well, I mean guys don't live as long as ladies do
7: they don't and so specifically I'm sitting here thinking Danny is your wife prepared you right. know?
1: how different is this from just a regular good solid financial plan
7: you know we review some of the extra statistics and things to think about and certainly it's not from a scare point of view it's from a education be prepared It's really our Women Wealth and Wisdom group is about women teaching women. We encourage multiple generations. This is a great workshop to bring your mother, your sister, your child, your grandchild if you're that age too, if they're an adult.
1: Financial awareness. What exactly does that mean? And how does that figure in?
7: When I think of financial awareness, I think of education. Education is empowerment. And so having a woman understand some of the instances that she may hit later on in life. Is actually really empowering I think women tend to like to understand all of their options we, we tend to not be so quick to choose we want to consider asking a friend about advice you know we're very advice driven but once we make a decision we commit so but I think we like to know what all our options are laid out in front of us so along with just options for solutions also come the what-if scenarios what if this happens to me what if that happens to me then what do I do where do I go we're
1: talking about women's guide to preparing for the unexpected in upcoming workshop with Annex Wealth Management you define some of the transitions just a couple
7: you bet some of them are more subtle too Danny so even the transition of not just having a child, but the raising of the child and the transitions children go through, that you know, women tend to be primary caretakers. It's also transitions of caring for an aging parent. It's women are the ones who tend to take more time away from the workplace, and that impacts us.
1: So the workshop produces some resources to successfully navigate, like what kinds of things?
7: We're going to be creating a grab and go binder, and this is a binder of a list of emergency resources. So not just our contacts, who to call, I mean, the calling tree, all that, but your passwords a place Mm. where where's the location of everything how do you go online you know i sit here and i think about it my husband and i both have different checking accounts well does he know how to locate mine if something happens to me i mean there's that money sitting out there he'd eventually be able to get his hands on it but and vice versa too so it's the reciprocity of information in one place and of course we would never advocate writing everything down in one place and leaving it laying around but we certainly have resources on our server on the cloud here at anna Wealth Management for our clients to be able to store that important information and be able to reach it with one password whenever they want.
1: Women's Guide to Preparing for the Unexpected, this is great. So when and where?
7: This is again a part of our Women Wealth and Wisdom group, which are conversation circles for women, where multiple generations of women learn from each other. We're going to be giving that at our Mequon office, Danny, 1339 West Mequon Road. That's just off the intersection of Mequon and Port Washington Road. That That's happening on April 23rd, which is a Tuesday, from 6 to 8 p.m.
1: Complete details at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Events tab. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us.
7: Thanks for having me.
1: It is 1049. This is Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, WTMJ. Money
0: tips that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark
1: Oswald on WTMJ. Know the difference. Team Tech Trust. It's Money Talk. Annex Wealth Management. Saturday, April 6th. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano here. Mark Oswald and
3: Derek Felsky. You were talking about the survey earlier. Sounded interesting. What was that? Oh, that was the, the Dalbar survey of uh, mutual fund results from retail investors and basically you know on this show and when we meet with prospects and our clients we preach the advantages of a balanced portfolio rebalancing strategically when market opportunities exist and not reacting emotionally to headlines that often have are just short-term noise so basically dalbar looked at in 2018 about how mutual fund investors did they looked at what they when they put money in when they took money out and what they found is in the large cap universe the s&p 500 universe An S&P, which is down 4.5% for the year. The average retail investor was down over 9% in 2018. Again, showing that short-term trading, chasing trends, is not a profitable enterprise.
5: And and why, why does that happen, Mark?
3: Well,
2: it's emotion. And, and for people, you know, there's two emotions. There's fear and greed mostly that drive people. And when you think about it, when the market does what the market did, let's say at the fourth quarter of last year. And by
5: the way, fear often overwhelms greed. greed. It's, yeah.
2: it's a stronger emotion. For most people, yeah. I mean, the, the fear of losing money is stronger than the, the upside of, of the greed of making money. So when the fourth it's out quarter. Of our control? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. I think I think the, the consequences are such that people well, look at something. it. losing something. Sure. Because sure. the, the idea of losing something goes back to when you were a child. Sure. The consequences of, I'm not going to get to my financial plan, whatever it might be. So when you look at the fourth quarter of last year, there were a lot of people who probably looked at it and said, my account is down in the fourth quarter. I'm going to get out, right? And so they got out and they go to cash. And then they, they missed like the first quarter of this year. So there's a 13% rise in the S&P 500. Well, they stayed in cash. And so they did exactly what you're not supposed to do: is they sold at the low, and then they missed the recovery, and now they're trying to get back in at the high.
3: No, and it really didn't just happen with the S and P 500. In fact, they don't do this study, but I'm sure if they did a study on small caps, they'd find similar results as well as emerging market equities as well. You know, there are all these decision rules that people talk about: closing the month below the 200-day moving average, the 50-day moving average. You know, overbought, oversold, divergences, valuations, the VIX, all these things. And basically, that's why a balanced portfolio to me makes makes a lot of sense because it's very very hard to predict in advance which asset class will lead the performance parade on an annual basis. We often show a chart that shows that performance from vast asset classes can vary dramatically from year to year with emerging markets typically either at the top or the bottom and rarely in the middle. So when valuation leads to an overweight in emerging markets, we're going to do it and we're going to do it opportunistically and vice versa.
5: And so you know, when you talk about asset allocation, all things are different and you know, we come in. Every single day and someone comes in with a portfolio and says, I'm a 60-40 split or whatever the percentage is, they are all different. It's how it's comprised
2: and composed is substantially different from client to client. Well, I think sometimes when people think about a portfolio, they think about some Richie Rich on Wall Street that's got this leather-bound thing that's got these stock certificates in it. Everybody's got a portfolio. I mean, you have an investment philosophy, you have an investment portfolio, whatever that might be today. But your 401k is part of your portfolio. Your spouse's retirement plan is part of your portfolio. And for some, your
5: spouse is the retirement plan.
2: Exactly. You think about uh, Bezos, for instance. But the fact is, is that there's a lot of people out there who think, oh, I don't have a portfolio yes you do because no matter where you're at right now there is some there's an impact on the performance of your 401k your retirement plan your pension plan your IRAs you better get it together at some point in time and get that analysis done and find out what you own and why you own it and what place it takes in your portfolio we,
1: we call it the mishmash right because that's a, it's the stuff that you've collected all the way through so you've had you got three 401ks from th- three different jobs and you've got the IRAs and they've they followed you around we will take that and we will make that into a plan.
5: It's like Aunt Jane's attic. You go over there, and there is a mishmash of things that have been collected over many, many years. And when people do that, Mark, and we do this every single day across all of our branches, really quickly, what does that look like?
2: Well, it starts with taking that mishmash. I mean, it's not uncommon for someone to come in with a grocery bag or a shoebox that's got statements in it, and and there's no embarrassment in that because you're just like everybody else, probably. So starting that review and then doing the X-ray, doing the work doing the mri to look inside of the mutual funds and give you a, an analysis a true analysis an unbiased view of this is what you own this is your exposure this is your asset allocation then we can make recommendations based on your risk tolerance we'll go through that risk questionnaire we'll, we'll try to develop a profile for you and your spouse your household that you can be comfortable with, then we build the portfolio around that risk profile and then it starts the monitoring process, guys, and that's the most important part, monitoring and adjusting as we move along.
5: And how it fits into the financial plan, and Danny, as you know, uh, we do this on a daily basis and people can take advantage of
1: this in a number of ways. You know, i wander through our offices our, in Elm Grove and you can see the people, you can see the couples, you can see the single people that are sitting with their advisors, and all of a sudden you start to kind of see the nods and, and people are looking up at the screens, and it all all of a sudden becomes clear. That's what
2: we want for you folks. And you know, Danny, it's easier than ever because when you hit that get started button on the Annex Wealth Management website, you're going to get a calendar that pops up. So it starts to fit into your life right away. So you can pick the appointment and the location that you want to go to to see if it's a good fit. There's no cost. There's no obligation. You can build your schedule right from our website and we would be happy to have you see if we're a good fit for you and your family.
1: And I bet we will be. That is Money Talk Annex Wealth Management. Just a reminder, we've got a bunch of different locations who make it extremely easy elm grove mequon lake country Uh, we're in appleton downtown at the fister and then annex everywhere you can start at annexwealth.com get that free portfolio analysis also sign up for the axiom which is our weekly newsletter thanks for listening we'll see you in a week this is money talk and wtmj